Welcome to OOD Works, the podcast, a show about unique individuals and the services provided by Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities, the state agency that helps individuals with disabilities find a job and be more independent. Here's your host, Kim Jump. On OOD Works, the podcast today, I'm joined by Gabriella Drago, originally of Cleveland and now of Pataskala. Yes. Yeah, so welcome to the podcast, Thank Gabriella. You. Excited to be here. Well, I'm so excited that you allowed me to come to your workplace on your lunch hour to be able to interview you. Especially want to thank you for doing that. Definitely. Glad you get to see my chaotic office. <laughs> this office is great. So for our listeners, we're in a room that's an office, but it's also home to so many neat instruments. I'm I'm seeing guitars. <laughs> I'm seeing drumsticks. I'm not really sure what, what all of this is, Gabriella. Yeah, we got, um, we have a whole pile of buckets. Um, and we have boxes full of exercise balls, and we are using those for a cardio drumming program that we're going to be starting. Um, so yeah, there's just a ton of stuff everywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell us, what is it that you do? Um, so I am the Director of Life Enrichment at Kendall at Granville, and I am responsible for planning and executing and overseeing all of the activities and enrichment things that we are doing every day, as well as I am a board-certified music therapist. So that is something that I can add to this role as well. So I'm going to be starting doing individual music therapy sessions with people and really incorporating music into everything that we do. I've heard before, You'll maybe you could attest to this, that music helps with uh, facilitating memory and long-term yes. memory. Yeah, music is really beneficial for individuals, especially individuals with dementia, which um, eventually is the area of the facility that – or the area of the community that I will be – primarily responsible for. And music therapy has really demonstrated fantastic results with individuals with dementia, um, just in getting them to interact, um, helping with physical movement, um, and with recall. Um, music tends to be you know, one of the last things that we really remember, and it's just really ingrained mm -hmm. into everything that we do. I mean, you walk, yeah. that's a rhythm. You talk, that's a melody because your voice is moving up and down and you're, you're talking with pitch. So music's really ingrained in our everyday lives. So I understand you've been at this job for a few months? Yeah, um, almost two months. So not a long time. <laughs> yeah. So you're still getting acclimated and I am. getting into um, a normal kind of rhythm here. Yes. Sometimes things will happen and I'm like, oh, I'm not familiar with this or I'm not sure how to respond to this. <laughs> and, uh, but the I'm new excuse is going to get really old soon. So <laughs> <laughs> can't hang on to it forever, yeah. huh? <laughs> I understand you got involved with Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities when you were fairly young? Yes. Um, when I was really young, I was involved uh, at the age of six months with the Cleveland Sight Center, mm. um, which is the agency for the blind in Cleveland. And then as I got older and became a teenager and was really on the college track, that's when I started getting involved with OOD and with all of the services that they offer. 
That's great. So it was prior to your high school graduation? Yeah, I believe so. Awesome. <laughs> and I, and Jessica McKee was your original yes. counselor? Yeah. Awesome. And she's now a, a supervisor. Yeah, she's moved up. What kinds of things would you and Jessica um, do during your time together? Well, a lot of it was talking about what I wanted for my future career. Mm -hmm. And when I was a sophomore in high school, I decided I wanted to be a music therapist um, because a music therapist had come to my choir to talk about it. And I thought, wow, what an awesome profession. This is me. And so as I was finishing up my junior year, it was really important in order to um, help me decide my college track and in order to help with funding for college, I had to do a lot of work with interviewing music therapists and writing up um, what I learned in those interviews and, you know, talking about why I wanted to be music therapist to make sure that that was the career choice that would best suit me to make sure that um, there were job prospects with that career and um, clearly there are, I, yeah. I have a job now. <laughs> you do. So yeah, those are some things that we talked about. And, you know, we would talk about, you know, issues that maybe I was having in college, you know, if things weren't working out for things to be accommodated or getting, um, assistance with orientation and mobility. Um, mm-hmm. when I, you know, went to a new city, a new school, the university. So those are some of the things that we talked about and worked on. Great. So where did you go to college? I went to Baldwin-Wallace University, which is in Berea, Ohio. So it's right outside of Cleveland. Awesome. And yeah. and then later, um, upon graduation, then is when you applied for the licensure? Yes, I had to get my um, board certification. Then, you know, you have to take an exam. And then mm-hmm. here I am. <laughs> yeah. So uh, while you were in school, did you have internships that you um, had to complete? Yeah. So during school, when for my program when you enter your sophomore year of college you start with your preclinicals and that's kind of just um, an experience where you work with individuals a certain population so mine was adults with intellectual disabilities um, and you just kind of do music with them and you start learning how to apply that music therapeutically Um, and then spring semester of sophomore year through the end of junior year, each semester, we work with clients to, you know, really do our, our we call it practicum, uh, which are clinical experiences. And those are, they begin spring semester of sophomore year through the spring semester of junior year. And we work with clients in different populations each semester. And we do music therapy. So we practice our, you know, writing goals and objectives. We practice treatment planning and doing assessments of clients and all of those um, different elements of successful music therapy and the therapeutic process. And then once we finish our four years, we also have to complete a six-month in internship. Mm-hmm. So I completed mine um, at a place called New Avenues to Independence, and it served adults with developmental disabilities. And I did that for six months, and then I qualified to take the music therapy board certification exam. Excellent. Yeah. I think it's so neat how um, you've helped to serve the population of uh individuals with developmental disabilities, because of course, that's near and dear to the heart of OOD as well. Yeah, that was something I was really passionate about. And I still am. Um, I 
I'm working in with older adults and individuals in memory care, but Mm -hmm. I really do. I love serving children and adults with disabilities. I worked at a summer camp uh, called Highbrook Lodge, which was run by the Cleveland Sight Center. Mm -hmm. Um, And I worked there for two years and served children and adults with visual impairments and other disabilities. So, you know, it was really a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, it's really important to me. You've had a lot of helpful experiences and training ground to help you in your new career. Yes. It seems like a lot of that directly ties to what you're doing now. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, my all of my work has really led me here, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm really grateful for. Um, I had experience um you know, managing people and managing um, a workload and planning not only music therapy, but I planned activities for the summer camp that I worked at. So I really had great experiences and a great foundation, um, you know, that that allowed me to be qualified for this position. Yeah, definitely seems that way. The other thing that really struck me is you were fairly young when you knew music therapy was it yes. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I just, I felt so connected to it. Somebody came in and the funny thing is that my professor, um, in, in during our junior year, she has us go out to, um, some, some place in the community. So that could be a nursing home. That could be, um, you know, telling them about music therapy. That could be high school students telling them about music therapy. Um, and she has each student go somewhere, you know, you pick your place and that's where you go. And so it is really coincidental, ironic. I'm not sure, but that that was the project. That's how I found mm-hmm. out about music therapy mm-hmm. is that somebody from her class came to my high school to talk to high schoolers about music therapy. And that's why I got into it. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Were there challenges for you in college? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't all smooth sailing? No. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Um, I, you know, I had great people in college, a great support system. My music therapy professors were... Definitely at the top of my support system. Mm. They were amazing. Um, My freshman year, I didn't have access to one of my books Mm. um, for a while because um, disability services, you know, was struggling to get uh, to get an accessible version of it. Mm -hmm. And so my professor recorded herself reading the first few chapters of the book so that I would have access to it. Yeah. So I really had very supportive um, professors and people in our administration that were really willing to help me. But, you know, I did experience road bumps such as the textbooks, where sometimes it was hard to get the textbooks on time that I needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes they weren't in the best format. One of my textbooks, actually, the one I was just talking about was in a Microsoft Word document. Uh, And so I accidentally (laughs) deleted a chapter. (laughs) So <laughs> it wasn't ideal, and uh, right. I think I made it into a PDF after that. <laughs> but you learned, um, yeah, I learned. But you know, challenges like that, or challenges with teachers figuring out, or professors figuring out how to best accommodate me, especially with music, because I had to take a lot of music courses and braille music isn't always the easiest to come by mm-hmm. um and you know we had to do music notation for some of our 
our classes and, you know, figuring out accessible ways to do that. And everyone does it differently. Um, you know, at some schools, they have really got the system down and they've really figured out how to, um, how to utilize software to do that. And at, at my, um, university, a lot of my professors and I made up these, crazy um, systems of, you know, mm-hmm. if you write this, it means this and um, figuring out systems to make sure that I'm able to participate at the same level as my my colleagues. We had nothing to go off of um, at my school and none of the professors I was working with were highly experienced in working with individuals with visual impairments, mm-hmm. um, especially people who are blind, you know, at least, you know, if you have a moderate visual impairment, large print, there you go. But mm-hmm. um, just changing the entire format of how I needed to access things at times was difficult. Um, and, you know, we we made it work, yeah. which is really great. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> Grateful, definitely. Let's fast forward to graduation. Did you take any time off after graduation or did you jump right into searching for jobs? Um, so... Well, so when I graduated, then I had – well, I got to walk at graduation, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I worked at a summer camp, and then I did my internship. Then I passed my board exam in March of 2019, and I didn't get this job until um, October of 2019. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I was searching for jobs that whole time. Um, I applied for hundreds of jobs, um, heard back from maybe 30% of those interviewed for maybe 20% of those. I mean, Mm -hmm. I probably Mm -hmm. went on like 30 interviews. Um, And, you know, finally at the end I had two job offers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it took months. And um, I I know that job searching is hard for a lot of people, but having a disability, it was very deterring because um, I was not sure why I was not being asked back for more interviews or why I was not being contacted um, or receiving any job offers after a few months. Um, Because, you know, you start to wonder, is it the disability or is it, you know, me and what I'm able to do um, in terms of work? Mm -hmm. So during that time, were you working with an OOD counselor or anyone? My counselor had set me up with an employment specialist. Uh Um, And so I was working with her um, and she helped with making my resume and um, applying for jobs if the applications weren't accessible because that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, she was helpful with things like like that. And OOD helped pay for my transportation to interviews. And, um, you know, so... It was definitely a supportive process throughout. In my notes, I have Deb Fox. Yes. Yeah, she was Is that who it was? Yes. Yes. Deb Fox with Matrix. Mm -hmm. And now that Jessica McKee is a supervisor, you were working with Mia Murphy? Correct. Or you still are? Yes, I am, because we are currently working on getting JAWS scripting for our healthcare system because Mm. it's not accessible. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So has that been challenging as you start here? Yeah. Yeah. It really has been. Um, It has... Um, thankfully, I have really, really supportive um, people that I work with, really supportive colleagues, really supportive staff, a really supportive um, employer. Just, you know, they thankfully have been very helpful throughout this journey and very understanding. Um, 
But yeah, it has been difficult because since I'm not able to access our healthcare system and our healthcare records, it kind of limits what I'm able to do and how I'm able to document. So that has been a difficult process, but I'm hoping that it's solved relatively quickly. Yeah. Are you expecting the technology to to be available soon then? Yeah, or hopefully by January. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Good. I, there's a process involved with that. There I, is, yeah. Yeah. You talked about the supportive professors you have, the mm-hmm. supportive co-workers you have. What has that support meant to you? Wow. It has meant a lot. Um, I think that, you know, sometimes people don't talk about that having a disability can definitely take a toll on your mental health sometimes. Um, just, you know, encountering roadblocks and having um, things that you need to work through, obstacles that you need to get around. And, Having a support system makes that so much easier because you can't do it all alone. You know, you need allies. You need people on your side um, who aren't facing that challenge to help get around that challenge, you know? Yeah. Um, And so it really has meant so much to me. I feel so lucky that I have found such a supportive employer and um, that I went to a school, especially a small school. I think that was helpful as well where – my professors really made me feel confident and worthy. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important to have to have that worth. And yeah. even though it's not defined by others, it's really enhanced by others. And so that has really been important to me. Yeah, I, I love the way you put that. You know, I believe that all people are worthy. And I think just having that support helps to reinforce that belief. Yeah, it does. Because, you know, if I didn't know that, you know, if my professors weren't supportive and, you know, didn't demonstrate that they really believed that I could be successful, it would have been 10 times harder to climb to where I am right now. Yeah. Can I ask, do you have a favorite piece of assistive technology that you use? Does my guide dog count? Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> yes. she's my favorite. <laughs> well, tell us about your guide dog. Her name is Freesia. She's a black lab. She's laying right by my feet mm-hmm. on my coat because she's a princess. So she, she can't like lay on she's the floor. sleepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she is amazing. I got her right before my sophomore year of college. And she has been with me through it all. She got a diploma when we graduated. Oh, <laughs> so that's I, super cool. We had matching graduation caps. It was great. Oh, that's <laughs> really fun. <laughs> Since you've relocated, you mentioned that you do have some colleagues from school that yes. aren't too far. That must be nice for you being in a new city. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's nice to know that I have people that, you know, I can do things with on the weekend and have that social life, but also people that I can call on if I do need something. Um, and that's really important to me. Um, like, sometimes I will go grocery shopping with some of my friends because... Mm-hmm. Instacart doesn't deliver to my apartment. (laughs) It's only my part of Pataskala that they don't deliver to. Oh, no. And so um, it's hard to get all the groceries I need all the time. Um, One time I had them (laughs) delivered to my workplace. They deliver here. And so thankfully they were like, that's fine. You can do that. So (laughs) I I had groceries delivered here and I took them home on the bus. (laughs) Oh, you are so resourceful. I love that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So you use the bus as your primary transportation back and forth to work? Yes. they. Um, it's door-to-door transportation mm-hmm. that they have available here. They don't have um, route transportation, mm-hmm. but I'm able to use that. And so yeah. that has been really great and saved me a lot of money because I don't have to Uber right. <laughs> all the time. Right. Excellent. What would your advice be to other young people who have a visual disability? Reach out to friends, reach out to family. And if there is a community of, you know, people that you can look up to who have visual impairments, try to connect with them as well. There are music therapists with visual impairments um, that, you know, I've talked to in the past, some that are, you know, only a year older than me. Um, And that is just really reassuring to know that there are other people on the path that you're on that, you know, and if you are a trailblazer, (laughs) and you're the only person on your path, you know, just reach out to people because it's you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. And if you do do it alone, you know, it won't feel as good because there's no one there with you to celebrate. So, right. you know, I'm so happy for you. I think your process going from college and landing your job isn't unlike that which others experience. And I'm just so happy for you to have landed somewhere that you you seem to love your your faces all lit up, <laughs> you know, talking about your work. And I'm just really happy for you. Thank you. I do. I love it here. And I think that is something that, you know, I think people can kind of keep in the back of their mind or in the front, really, if you need it, um, <laughs> is, you know, I interviewed at all these places where I thought, oh, this is going to be the one and I, this this is the place. But, you know, and, and when it didn't work out, you know, at first, of course, you're, you know, really sad. But honestly, those places were not the place for me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just kind of keeping that in your mind that then that's not the employer that's going to value you the most. And really, in the end, that's where you want to be is with someone who's going to value you and support you um, and sees what you offer and what you're worth. A transcript of today's episode is available at ood.ohio.gov forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. We're on social media at Ohio OOD. Do you have a disability? Do you want a job? We can help. OODWorks.com.